Hello, and welcome to Getting Raw with Denise. This is not your typical self-help or empowerment podcast. It does have that and so much more. This podcast is about creating and choosing to live the life you know you deserve. You'll also learn how to make yourself a priority without the guilt. And most importantly, getting down to the real raw you. I'm your hostess, Denise Marsh, founder and CEO of Raw. I'm married to the most supportive man on earth, have a gorgeous daughter, and three little fur babies. Many years ago, I knew it was my life's mission to help women break through barriers, show them how to live their life unapologetically, and most importantly, getting redesigned and aligned from within. Join me as we take this journey together. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Getting Raw with Denise. I am pumped today because I have a very fun guest on, Stephanie, and I'm going to have her introduce herself so she can tell you a little bit more about who she is and what she does. And we're going to have a fun conversation today. So, Stephanie, welcome. Thank you. I'm really excited about this conversation, too. And we're going to be talking about some things that are passionate for both of us. So that's exciting. I am the founder of beauty revolution and I have a podcast also called flip the beauty script. And it's all about helping women discover their authentic beauty, which is very different from the beauty box that society tells us we have to fit into. So I'm, I've been passionate about all things, health, physical fitness, beauty, women related for as long as I can remember. And it's just, I think, you know, the biggest goal in my life is to help women to see that they are not their bodies and that our our bodies are given to us as a vehicle to greatness, not something that we need to fix. Always. One of the new things I just thought about is I want to use as maybe a tagline sometime for something is remodel your, your thinking, not your body. Yeah. I kind of like that. Remodel your thinking, not your body. I love that. And what I love most about that is the message that you just said with our bodies, right? We put a lot of emphasis on our body, on our outer appearance, and there's nothing wrong with wanting to look good or all the things. It's, there's nothing Absolutely. wrong with that. The challenge comes in, and I know we talked about this too, is where, where the mindset is with it. We're putting too much focus or majority of your focus on your body and what that body looks like instead of what you're feeling on the inside, where your mindset is. So when it comes to health, the physical health is talked about all of the time, all over social media, all over TV, everywhere. It's just talk about your physical health, what you look like, you know, what size you're quote unquote supposed to be and the BM, all the things. However, Our emotional health is important. Our mindset is important. Those are just as important if actually (laughs) a little bit more so, right? Our mindset without our, without our mental health intact, what else really matters? So I love what you do for so many women with helping them on their mission to being a healthier versions of themselves with combining the mind body um, experience. So, so how, I know you said this has been something you've been passionate about for so long, but what actually got you into wanting to take this journey into helping people? You know, if I try to, I've tried to pinpoint a specific time in my life where I go, 
I want to help women with this. And it's kind of hard, except for I, I have come to distill a little bit of a time in my life. I have had body image challenges since I was really young. I remember mm-hmm. when I was eight years old and I walked into the kitchen one day and my dad said to me, you know, you're starting to look a little chubby. And it, it was like this lightning bolt went through my whole body because here's the man that's the most important person to me in my life at that time, you know, my dad, mm-hmm. and I wasn't okay. All of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not okay. And from that time on, I remember it was really important to me that I was always focused on what does my body look like? Is it fitting in that box? I need to do something because it's never the right shape, the right size, whatever. And so I kind of had those thoughts and issues going through high school and I was on the drill team. And so I was always comparing myself to every other girl in the the costumes we're wearing, you know, how does my leg look compared to hers? And I don't have as Mm. much chest as she does or that kind of thing. And I got into college my first year and I had you know, just the random roommates I got assigned to. And one of them was a cheerleader in high school. She was teeny, like I'm five foot nine. I always felt like this giant Amazon person. (laughs) And, um, she was probably five, two and she was teeny little thing. And I remember her saying one day, Oh my gosh, I'm getting so fat. And Mm -hmm. I looked at her and thought, what? (laughs) Like you're who everybody else wants to look like. And it really lit up this light bulb inside of me that said, you know what, this is a universal, I mean, quote universal, right? Almost Mm -hmm. universal problem. It doesn't matter what you look like. It matters how you feel about what you look like. Right. And so I've, I've heard interviews with supermodels, like supermodels who are the people that we all put up on the pedestal and they're the perfection. They're all what we all want to look like. They're what we're sold. We're supposed to look like. And even they don't feel good about themselves. Even they feel like Mm -hmm. they're not perfect. They're not the way they're supposed to look. And even they, after their pictures have been taken as the perfection, their pictures are still tweaked to make them look even Mm -hmm. more, you know, perfect. And so it's, it's crazy, but it's, it's so interesting to know that your body image almost has 0% to do with what your body actually looks like. Right. So mm-hmm. it's, anyway, that, that was the point in my life where I was like, oh my gosh, everyone needs this help because no matter what you look like, you don't think you look good enough. Mm-hmm. And that's awful. Yeah, that is all, you know, it's, it's awful. And, and it's taken over the mindset of so many people. And especially as we know, women, and that's not to say that men don't have body image challenges as well, because of course, sure they do, but you see it more so in women, you know, and it's, I I was listening to, I I was running one day and I, sometimes I listen to a podcast. Sometimes I listen to music, just depends what I'm in the mood for. And so I had my playlist on shuffle. And so some of the songs that were popping up were songs I added like so long ago. So I'm just running, listening. And there was this one song that came on and it was talking about the the guy was singing about this woman's body. Right. And about her, her smile and her, her figure and her, this and her, that. Right. And as I'm listening, I'm like, it was one of those where I love this song. This song is so good. I love the I love the music. Right? I love the beat. I'm, I'm really I'm really listening to the words. And I said, "This is what a lot of people are thinking that it's all about what I look like. That's how I'm going to find true love is by how I look. 
that's how I'm going to get the perfect position at my job is if I look a certain way, you know, this is how I'm going to be looked at as acceptable in whatever type of group. And it's still, again, that emphasis on what we look like. Whereas even if you have the perfect body, whatever that is, I don't even know if that's a thing, yeah, right. but even if you have the body you've always dreamed of, let me put it that way. Let's say you have the body you've always dreamed of. You worked hard to get this body and, but you're still suffering. You're still depressed. Mm-hmm. You're still having anxiety about so many other things. So you put so much work and emphasis on your appearance, but not enough work into how you feel about yourself and how you think about yourself. And that's, I feel is such a big disconnect with so many women. Absolutely. And I was, as you're talking, I was thinking about one of the concepts that I teach to my clients is about whole body, whole person nourishment. Mm -hmm. Because so many times, like you said, we're focused on just the body and what do I need to feed the body for it to look the way I want it? How do I need to exercise to make the body in the right shape? Or what kind of things do I need to do to again, remodel the body instead Mm -hmm. of remodeling the thinking, which is the the real important part. But so I talk about nourishment for your whole self and in the spirit of what we normally think of as nourishment, which is food, right? Right. I say, we need to nourish ourselves with pies because who doesn't love pies? I mean, I'd rather eat cake because it's easier to make, but pies, because this is the represents the the different ways we should nourish ourselves. And it's physically, intellectually, emotionally, socially, and spiritually. Um, Mm. And in all those different ways, if we're nourishing ourselves, then we're going to feel much better about ourselves in all the ways internally, externally. And the more we can pull ourselves away from that I am just what my body looks like so much more happiness, so much more joy and fulfillment can come into your life in all those different ways. And I've experienced that in my life. And it's, it's a process. This is one thing. One of my mentors has said, and I love, he said, it's a practice. It's not a perfect, you know, it's something that I think I'm, I'm one of those, this is my technical term. I'm a list checker offer. I don't really, that's not a thing, but that's what I am. I like to do things and have them done and move on to the next thing. And for so many years, it was really frustrating to me that I, I wanted to say I've conquered this thing called body image or how I feel about myself. I'm good. Check it off, move to the next thing. But life isn't like that. Life is not linear. And we have, it's like a roller coaster ride, right? You go through, you have highs and lows and you have different experiences and twists and turns and things that you never thought would even come up in your life. And it's constantly recalibrating and refiguring out who I am now and what I look like now and what kind of things I'm going through. And, um, so it's a practice, a daily Mm -hmm. practice of just coming back to center and being okay with where I am today. And your best today might not be your best tomorrow, like it was yesterday, but it's just a constant practice. 100%. And the, um, with the habits that we have, that's where we start to notice the differences, good and bad differences. So like you said, it's that practice of putting things into motion and just being consistent with it. And I, you know, when you were saying earlier, how, how you have body image, you know, challenges in the past. And I was thinking how that I definitely had some body image challenges. And it's very interesting when I think back to how I used to think. So 
even on my heaviest day in high school, I was about 99 pounds and I was, yeah, I'm 4'11 and I was 99 pounds, but I, the thought of being over a hundred pounds was, was too much. Mm -hmm. And I can't, you know, when I, you know, after a, a lot of support over the years and therapy and just soul searching and some self-awareness, uh, which is huge, came to realize, you know, what were the issues back then that had me thinking in different ways, not just about my body, but about myself in general and as a whole. And, you know, when I got up to 185 pounds, I had body image issues. Mm-hmm. So 99 pounds, 185 pounds, still body issues, you know, and even like, and the way I gained the weight was so strange. It was the strange, and I may have shared the story um, on another podcast. I don't even know, but um, I had, my doctor had put me on a steroid for my asthma Mm. and switched my birth control at the same time. And at that time, I was 105 pounds. This was after my daughter was born. It was about 105. I went from 105 to 185 within a year. Wow. And here's the kicker. I didn't even really know. I didn't notice I gained that much weight. I knew my clothes were getting tight. I knew I had to start getting bigger sizes. I started wearing like dresses and leggings. I just, it wasn't dawning on me that I was gaining that much weight because of the way it happened. It wasn't. It, it was just, I, I just, I don't know. I just looked thicker and just puffier. I don't know. But it, I didn't re- realize it until my daughter and I went to take professional photos, like mommy daughter pictures at like JCPenney's, whatever. And, you know, you have to wait for the photos to come back. So we right. go pick up the photos. I'm so excited to see our pictures. And I look at the pictures. I'm like, oh my, oh my goodness. I, I need my money back because this does not look anything like me. It was the, I honest to goodness, didn't know that's what I looked like, even though, and this sounds crazy. I know I look at myself every day in the mirror. I didn't see it. And so when I got home, I showed my cousin, I said, look to the picture. She's like, oh, this looks so good. I'm like, what are you talking about? Do you see my face? She's like, yeah, that's what you look like. Um, no. I said, do you see my face? You see how big my face is? She said, uh, what's happening? (laughs) I didn't, I, then it was, it was such a traumatic experience. And I know Mm. it's like, now I laugh about it. Now I can laugh about this theory, but before it was so traumatic for me and people who may be listening to this may think, how did you not know you gained 80 pounds? I knew I was gaining weight. I never got on, I didn't get on the scale. I wasn't checking anything. Yeah. But anywho, it was, um, when I went to the doctor right afterwards and the doctor told me that I was morbidly obese. Oh, wow. Morbidly obese. Now here's the thing. When I look at those pictures for me back then at 185 pounds, I don't look morbidly obese. I just look bigger than someone who was 105 pounds. Right. But it's interesting how the doctor says you're morbidly obese because of your height and your weight. Mm -hmm. And you need to lose. You think they told me I needed to lose something like 80 pounds or 90 pounds, something. 
It was wow. a big amount. So, and so that's when I started yo-yo dieting. So how was, how were your other, uh, health markers? Like, did they look at anything else besides just your height and weight to tell you that? No, this, no, this is also why, and I have nothing against any doctors, but eventually I switched over to a different type of medical care. So now I see a natural doctor, I see an iridologist, and that has been a game changer for me because when I see her, it's not about the scale. Like she never even weighs me. I don't get on the scale ever now, you know? So I actually, to this, I have no idea how much I weigh right now. Don't know. Don't care. Right. Right. What we focus, what we focus on is my gut health, my heart health, my lungs, my blood, like my, or all my organs, everything. We focus on all of those things because when all of those things are working, right. I don't need to worry about my weight. Exactly. You know, whereas before when I would focus on my weight, I felt, Oh, I can't eat bread. I can't have this. I can't have that. And I was restricting myself and that wasn't good. But again, it was because I was focused on my outer appearance. But as soon as I switched that and focus on what's my inside, like, hey, you know what? I need my heart to keep working and I need my lungs to function and I need my blood pure, you know, then I started looking at my health in a different way. But again, it's it was when I had a mindset shift. It didn't just mm-hmm. happen like one day I woke up like that. So I feel that that's like what you that's why I. I'm so, so excited about what you do and really hoping more people connect with you because you're helping them on so many different levels, not just physical, but also with their mindset and the connection between that. Yeah. It's interesting. I want to just one, I'm going to, I want to go back for just a second about the, um, the morbidly obese thing, because I, I just had this conversation with my daughter yesterday. Um, she has her, her baby's almost a year old and he's a, he's a big kid. Okay. He's like 26 pounds. Um, and he's also, I can't remember how tall he is, but he's very tall for his age. Um, and they had the health nurse come over yesterday and she said that he was, he weighed too much and that he needed to, you know, not lose weight in those words, but she needed to be careful what she was feeding him. And I thought he's like a year old. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And they've started putting BMI numbers on babies' charts when they weigh them. Yeah, I know it's insane. Wow. Um, besides, I don't know if you know where the BMI came from. I talked a little bit about this on one of my podcast episodes, but okay. it was created by a statistician in the 1800s to compare um, and see the average size of males in, I can't even remember. I, I'd have to go back and look up my, the details, but it was created by a statistician just to show averages of sizes of people in the time. It was not created to gauge health by any stretch of the imagination or anything like that. And now it's like used as health Bible, right? It's insane. It, it makes me crazy. Anyway, enough of that. But, um, the other thing I was gonna, I wanted to say is that as you were talking about Um, Now I forgot what the thing was that you said that made me think of this, but the, how we feed ourselves and look at things more than just trying to, Oh, I know what it was trying to eat in a way that we're either restricting or Mm. letting ourselves only have the specific things that will put our body in the right size, shape, whatever. Um, 
I'm certified as a mind body eating coach through the Institute mm-hmm. for the psychology of eating. And I know that's like five mouthfuls. Um, but I love the philosophy that I learned through this program. And it's, it's kind of how, how the physiology and nutrition and psychology meet together. And it's not only what we eat. That's only like half the story. It's who we are as eaters, what we bring into it mentally and the things that we assign, like what meaning do we assign the food we're eating kind of thing. There's, there's Mm -hmm. so many fascinating pieces to it. Uh, One thing that came to mind is no matter what we're eating, we can have different experiences about the nutrients we're gaining from that food, mm-hmm. depending on how we are thinking about it. So there was a, a study done, and this, this was in a book called, um, what's it called? The Slowdown Diet by Mark David, and he's the, the founder of the Institute. And it talks about how there were two groups of people, and I'm totally going to just paraphrase because I can't even remember what countries they were from. But they took these two groups of people from two different countries. So Mm -hmm. we'll say country A, country B. They fed both groups of people native food from country A. And then they tested to see what levels of nutrients the people got from it. Well, people from country A got a ton, like, I don't know, a large percentage of nutrient absorption from the food. And country B people, very little. Then they Mm -hmm. did the same thing in reverse. And they fed country A people and country B people diet from country B and the reverse happened. So they're eating the same foods, but because of how they feel about the food, whether it was comforting to them or familiar to them, or they liked it, they actually got more nutrients from it, Mm. which is insane, but interesting. Like it was, you know, not diagnosed. It was able to be seen scientifically. Wow. I find fascinating. So, you know, if we're, if we're eating foods and we're not enjoying them, or if we're eating a candy bar, but we're like, oh, I shouldn't eat this. It's going to make me fat. It's bad. Or assigning morality to food. It will affect what we get out of it or how it affects our body, which I find Mm -hmm. really fascinating. You know, but not, but not, but, and (laughs) Um, when you think about that, it makes a whole lot of sense. You know, when you think about when you eat something and you're feeling good about it, or you're just like, you're feeling good overall. And you're like, wow, I just feel great. My body feels great. And then sometimes if you're eating something out of guilt, you know, mm-hmm. or you're eating something, you feel like, oh, I shouldn't have this. Then you start to feel sluggish. Or you feel like, oh my God, my bo- my belly aches and you you don't respond well to it. and isn't that just interesting how our mind, our, our mind is so powerful. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> it's it, yeah. It, so blows, it blows my mind. How powerful our minds are for oh, sure. Gosh, yes. Yes. Mm, okay. So can you share with those who are listening, how you can give us just a snippet or however, however much you want to indulge, how you help your clients. Hmm. I'm going to give a, yeah, we'll give a snippet. Yes. For those, cause I know there's someone who's listening and it's like, I need to connect with Stephanie and don't worry. I will have Stephanie's information in the show notes so you can find her and connect with her and 
see if she can help you on your journey. So yes, if you give us a snippet of how you help your people. I love this question. And it's also a difficult question because everyone is so unique in their journey. Mm -hmm. And so how I help them is unique as well, but I like to come at it from what is it you want from this experience? You know, what, what helps you feel like you need, if people feel like they need help in what specifically they're eating because they're having physical issues. We talk about that. If you're feeling like you need help in how you're feeling about your body, we talk about that. That's kind of my, not kind of, that's my favorite piece to talk about is Mm -hmm how can I become a better friend to myself, to my body? And I think once you get to that place, then a lot of other things can fall into place. So getting that piece first established, and I have a lot of fun activities that I do with people to kind of go there. And because I think a lot of people have never thought about Mm -hmm. themselves as another person right? Like trying to step outside of yourself and go, if I was looking at myself from the outside, what is there to like about that person? And how would I look at that person if I were her friend? You know, mm-hmm. I, I was doing a speaking event one time and I asked everyone to think about the worst thing you say to yourself inside your head. Right. And I said, okay, now turn to the person next to you and say it as if you're saying it to them. And of course, everyone's mortified. I'm not going to say that to that person. I can't say that. (laughs) Okay. So why do you say that to yourself? You know, that's a form Mm -hmm. of bullying and abuse. Why would you do that to yourself? So just starting to see I'm a person, I am worthwhile. I am loving. I'm valuable. No matter what I look like on the outside, no matter what has happened to me, no matter what I've accomplished or haven't in my life, I am valuable and lovable as a person. And once you can kind of get a handle on that, then, like I said, so many other things can fall into place and it's really a beautiful process. Mm-hmm. Oh, this would have, you know, wouldn't it have been thinking about how this could have affected the world or a, a certain group of people if what you do and what I do was available many, many, many moons ago where we're helping people with their mindset, you know, helping people like you said, figure out what they want, not telling them what they want, but really asking them, what do they want and helping them to get there and being that support system for them. And that's the thing that a lot of people are lacking is support, you know, or feeling that there's an, there's a problem with asking for help and I should just figure this out on my own. No, it's okay to ask for support. It's okay to ask for help, especially in areas that you are feeling challenged in. You know, and so there are people like you who are really, really helping break barriers to uh, for so many people who are feeling stuck within their within their health and their overall health. So I want to say thank you on behalf of the world uh, for doing what you do. <laughs> You're welcome. And right back at you. I mean, I think the, the more people that the more people that can even just give voice to these, Mm -hmm. to these things that so many people are facing and dealing with on their own. Like you said, we're, we're not meant in my opinion, we are not meant to go through this life alone. You know, one of my, one of my favorite quotes says, you know, we're all just walking each other home. And I think, you know, the more we can do that, just help each other along the way. And I know as I've these last few years 
begun to be more vulnerable, vulnerable about my story and the challenges I've had, it, it not only helps me to heal, but also other people go, Oh yeah, I am not alone. There are other people dealing with these kinds of things. And I think the more that people can do that and share, the more we'll all be more well and healthful in all different ways. Yes, I agree. And I know that those who are listening also agree. And I am so thankful that we did this. I'm hoping that we can do another another um, podcast chat together again, because there's so yeah. much that we can keep talking about. I would, oh, so yeah. much to Absolutely. cover on this. And it's these are conversations that are very helpful because these are conversations that are not always had. You know, these are not superficial conversations. These are real conversations that can make real change in so many people's lives. And so I am very thankful that our paths crossed and we connected. And um, I'm I'm very thankful for you and thankful for you being on this this episode with me today. Thank you, Stephanie. You're very welcome. Is there anything you want to share with the listeners before we say goodbye? Hmm. I just want to say that you are not your body. You have a body, but you are not your body. And your body was given to you to do amazing things. So take the best care of it. You can take best care of your mind that you can and go out and do great things. Mm, You heard it from Stephanie. (laughs) Go out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for being on here with me. And thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Getting Raw with Denise and want to give you all a heads up that I will be MIA for the next few weeks traveling. So there will not be any new episodes for a few weeks. However, you can definitely take a listen to one of my past 70 plus episodes. Go ahead and take a listen to one or two or a few. And that'll, um, then I'll be back in a few weeks with some new material. All right. Well, thank you all again for listening and have an incredible day. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I hope this message was great for you today. And if you heard something that you felt really stood out, please share me with your friends and family and make sure to subscribe. So that way you never miss an episode. If you want to keep connecting, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram under Denise Marsh. Also check out my website, denisemarsh.net. I want to say thank you again for choosing you today. I hope you continue to take this journey with me. Have an amazing day. Until next time, everyone.